Well, good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Tier 90 Body Burn 30 support call. This call happens Monday through Friday at this time, which for me is 6.40 Pacific Time, 7.40 Mountain Time, 8.40 Central Time, 9.40 Eastern Time. Adjust it for your time zone. Thrilled to have you along with us. If you ever miss these calls and want to um, pick them up, you can pick them up on an application called Sound Cloud by putting in Frank, F-R-A-N-K, Lomas, L-O-M-A-S, and either TR90 or Solution for Digital Anti-Aging. That also works for wherever you get your podcast through. If you put in Frank Lomas and either TR90 or Solutions for Digit for Anti-Aging will also work to pop these calls up. They're archived back more than 11 years. If you're listening to this and it's a podcast and you wish to join us live, if you dial into 712-775-8972, you can join us. And when it prompts for the six-digit code, put in 910022, and you can join us live. And we would... Be thrilled to have you along with us, and um, we welcome any thoughts, comments, questions you may have, um, how we can make it better. We're all for that. For those of you that do not know who I am, I'm Susan Mann out of Portland, Oregon. Welcome you on this call on the 20th of December, 2022. And that TR90 program, when you're first starting out, is that really good clean, lean meal a day two shakes a day, three snacks a day, 30 grams of protein and at least three of those meals. Taking your supplements 15 to 20 minutes before your meal if it's possible. If it's not possible, do take them with your meals. Still work, not quite as effective and as efficient as it would be if you could take them beforehand. But sometimes, rather than totally forget it, it's better to take it with your meal. Drinking plenty of water to stay hydrated. The current thinking is about one ounce of water for every two pounds you weigh. So if you weigh 100 pounds, you should be drinking about 50 ounces of water daily. The caveat to that is that if you're exercising heavily or if you're in a humid area, you'll need to increase that to offset what you're losing in body moisture. Also, getting seven to nine hours of good quality sleep a night really helps um, your body does a whole bunch of system resets while you're sleeping, clears out toxins. Um, it just uh, our our bodies are wonderful machines. Um, but it also sets your brain up to store memories, and it takes and uh, helps you make good decisions for the next day if you're getting adequate sleep. Because not getting sufficient sleep is like actually having a drink or two, and so it's really important to get that good sleep. 30 minutes of moderate to heavy exercise at least five days a week. That um, is also part of this lifestyle change, and it is a lifestyle change. This isn't something you do once and never do again. It's um, ongoing. And with that being said, I'm always looking for information to share with you that will help support our Tier 90 lifestyle. And so today I'm sharing some information out of a book that is called Fat Chance, Beating the Odds Against Sugar, Processed Food, Obesity, and Disease. 
And yesterday I started talking about um, some of the things that cause us that are in our that's in food that could potentially be throwing us off. And I mentioned about the salt yesterday. Well, today I'm going to jump into um, the fat and the caffeine part of things, and we'll see where we get to from there. And this book was written by uh, Robert H. Lustig, MD, MSL, and uh, it just, it's very scientific, but it does um, give us the science behind why some of the things that we do in our TR90 program actually work. So, the high fat content of fast food is vital to its rewarding properties. It's this sample of fast food. Oh, and we're talking about a Big Mac full-size, um, super-sized meal. So that means with the large fries and with the large Coke as well as the Big Mac. And he's breaking it down as to the components that are in it that are actually addictive. And yesterday we talked about the fat. Today we talked, or yesterday we talked about the salt. Today we're talking about the fat. The high fat content in fast food is vital to its rewarding properties. This sample fast food meal contains 89% of the daily fat intake for an individual on a 2,000 calorie diet. In feeding studies, excess calories from fat are more efficiently stored than excess calories from carbohydrates, 90 to 95% versus 75 to 85%. Therefore, fat intake has always traditionally been assumed to be the major determinant of weight gain. Animals will binge on pure fat when given intermittent access to it. They binge regardless of the type of fat ingested, which suggests that it is that it is that fat content and not the type of fat present in the fast food that encourages overeating. However, rat models do not demonstrate other features of this addiction to fat, such as tolerance or withdrawal. Keep in mind, however, that so-called quote-unquote high-fat foods are also almost always high starch like pizza or sugar like cookies. In fact, adding sugar significantly enhances the preference for the high-fat foods among the normal weight people. Thus, the combination of high-fat along with high-sugar is likely to be more addictive than high-fat alone. Now we're jumping into caffeine. Sodium, a soda is an integral part of the fast food meal. And if you've consumed a large soda with your McDonald's meal, the caffeine content would be approximately 58 milligrams. Soft drink manufacturers identify caffeine as a flavoring agent in their beverages, but only 8% of frequent soda drinkers can detect the difference in a blind taste test of caffeine-containing and caffeine-free cola. Thus, the most likely functioning of the caffeine in the soda is to increase the saliency or the quality of it that makes it stand out of a already highly rewarding sugared beverage. Dependence on caffeine is well-established, 
meeting all of the DSM four TR criteria, and that um, that's for mental that the mental health um, criteria book that they actually go through and pull out the codes from for both psychological and uh, physiological dependency. In fact, up to 30% of people who consume caffeine may meet the criteria for dependency. Headache attributed to increased cerebral blood flow velocity, fatigue, and impaired task performance have all been shown during caffeine withdrawal. In addition, reinforcement of the intermittent caffeine consumption leads to tolerance. While children get their caffeine from soft drinks and chocolate, adults get most of their caffeine from coffee and tea. An 8-ounce cup of brewed coffee contains 95 to 200 milligrams of caffeine, depending on how it is brewed. The late comedian and social commentator George Carlin famously referred to coffee as a Caucasian crack. However, few customers these days order a regular brewed coffee at chain restaurants, and a study of Starbucks customers showed that the majority of them ordered blended drinks. The ever-popular Grande, which is the extra-large mocha frappuccino, happiness of frappuccino, I'll skip the page here, without the whipped cream has 260 grams of calories, 53 grams of sugar. Thus, as a known substance of abuse, caffeine in coffee, drinks, and sodas is part and parcel of the phenomenon of the food addiction. The next one that we're jumping into actually happens to be sugar. So we've got four culprits here. Um, Sugar, salt, fat, caffeine, and sugar. Sugar, although anecdotal reports abound supporting human sugar addiction, we are still not completely sure whether this is a full-fledged dependency or merely habituation. Adding a soda to a fast food meal increases the sugar content tenfold, while Coca-Cola estimates that currently 42% of soft drinks sold Nationwide are diet drinks, in other words, Coke Zero, when purchased at McDonald's, 71% are the sugar-sweetened variety. And in fact, in 2009, only seven items on the McDonald's menu did not include sugar. French fries, hash browns, sausage, chicken McNuggets, without the dipping sauce, of course, Diet Coke, black coffee, and iced tea without sugar. While soda intake is independently related to obesity, fast food eaters clearly drink more soda. It is likely that the widespread phenomenon of soda addiction is driven by the inclusion of caffeine, a known addictive substance. All criteria for soda are for sugar addiction has been demonstrated in rodent models. First rats exposed to intermittent sugar access following restriction will binge. Second, these animals show signs of withdrawal, teeth chattering, tremors, shakes, and anxiety when the sugar is withdrawn. And third, seeking and craving have been demonstrated when animals consume more sugar after a two-week 
imposed abstinence like Salvador and his soda. Elevated dopamine levels perpetuate the binge and overconsumption increases with time, consistent with tolerance. Finally, cross-sensitization has been demonstrated in sugar-addicted rats who readily switch to alcohol or amphetamine use. So based on the data, sugar is addictive and soda is doubly so. So there are there is some evidence that sugar may be addictive in humans. Experimental studies show that the obese subjects will use sugar to treat psychological or psychological symptoms. Avoid women who were self-reported carbohydrate ad, uh, cravers reported greater relief from various mood disorders in response to to a carbohydrate-containing beverage as compared to a protein drink. But perhaps the best evidence for the opiate-like effect of sugar is the product Sweet Ease. This is a sugar solution into which hospitals dip pacifiers for newborn boys undergoing circumcision to reduce the pain of the procedure. Evolutionary sweetness was the signal to our ancestors that something was safe to eat because no sweet foods are actually poisonous. Even Jamaican vomiting sickness occurs only after consumption of unripe aki fruit, which is not sweet. So we gravitate to sweetness as a default. How many times do parents have to introduce a new food before a baby will accept it? About 10 to 13 times. But if the new food is sweet, how many times do you have to introduce it? Only once. And if a sucrose solution on a pacifier can provide enough analgesia for performing a circumcision, that's an evolutionary winner, isn't it? Hmm. So Thursday we'll pick up pleasure versus happiness. I'm going to take us off mute so we can say goodbye to each other. This is Susan Mann from Portland, Oregon, signing out for December 20th, 2022 at the top of the hour in five minutes. If you scoot over to Facebook, One Team Global Live, one of our leaders will be sharing some information on how to build a new skin business. Thrilled to have you along with us today. Tomorrow we'll have Frank up. I'll be back on Thursday and Friday. And hope you have a great day. So there we have it. Four culprits that are in the fast food that really get to us. So it's the sugar. What did you say about the circumcision? What did they give the baby? Um, They usually dip the pacifier into... um, uh, some type of a sh- sugar solution so that the babies will suck on that and feel that everything's going to be okay because it gives an analgesic effect so that they can go through that more easily. Oh, I've been to them. I don't. I always thought they put a little wine. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Oh, 
Well, and the wine may has sugar in, in it too, so you know right. it could be both. So, but uh, salt, fat, caffeine, and sugar—those are our four culprits that are in the fast food and other foods that can really get to us. It's really bad. That sugar is yeah. really, you know, it's it's interesting how um, over, you know, how everything has sugar in it. Everything. Well, that's why I recommend Except if you get your food, it's close to the source, which if you're getting your fruits and vegetables right out of the ground or pretty close to it, then you know how much sugar is getting added to it. So, yeah, uh, sugar is a really huge culprit. But it's like everything, all things in moderation. If you're if you're careful and you're not over expanding on it, then it's not as bad as it could be. Absolutely. So you just have to be careful. You just yep. have to watch. Look at the labels. That's what it is. Yeah, a lot of label reading. <laughs> So are you off to school? To, no, are they off for holiday yet? Um, they're off for holiday, and I am running a couple of errands, and I'm pet sitting and a little bit of poppy sitting here this week, and then next week it's just I've got one one pet next week that's highly anxious that I'll be hanging out with, and no poppy, and it'll be a real low-key, quiet week. <laughs> This week's almost that quiet, but not quite. But you know, it's it's the holidays. It'll be good. So, all right. You have a great day. I don't know whether I'll ch- I'll be checking in tomorrow or or not. But I wanted to just check in and say hi. <laughs> well, you know. thank you, and I'm glad. I'm glad you've reached your destination safely, and I hope yes, you have a really great time with your family. Nice and yes, this is really awesome. wonderful. So, yeah, it's great. I love having everybody around. It's been, it's especially in the morning. It's nice to have the girls here. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, have fun, and we'll have see a great you. Day. We'll see you. You too. Bye bye.